West West Show. You are now listening to Empty Out the Clip. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 104 of the EOTC, the Empty Out the Clip podcast. I may have the brothers in the house online this time, not in the studio. We're in line, we're at home, safety of our own, own failures. It's cold outside, so it's good we we can be at home to do this. What's up, Yash? How's it going, brother? What's up? What's up, y'all? Good to see you all. Good to be back. Excited for another episode. Cool, cool. Nice, also good to see you. Excited to have you here. And the man of the hour, Lady Smith. What's up, brother? Sup, fools? Good to see you guys, man. Feels good to be at the comfort of your own home, mate. I love that. I love that one, mate. <laughs> cool, man. Let's do some uh, shout-outs. Probably just uh, shout-outs. My, uh, my cousin moving to Aussie. Another one uh, moving to Aussie on Saturday. Cousin Max. And, um, yeah, we had a good um, birthday party yesterday. It was my mum's. 65th uh, during the week and then his 39th and then his mother-in-law's 70th so it was good to catch up yesterday and then um yeah so just wishing all the best moving to aussie another one and then there's a few others moving down um later on so just shout out to max and then also tito my my first uh feedback stranger feedback about the podcast is uh so i'm at the gym at crossfit uh overflow crossfit just saying he's um yeah been a bit a bit of a listener for a while and then just as he said it was funny when he heard me uh jump on there for the last uh four four or five weeks or something like that so yeah shout, shout out to uh tito uh sophia yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good to see there's uh, i got a listener out there you know <laughs> nice guys that's the one see you're a staple now yeah. <laughs> oh my list of shout outs man i just want to see um i want to plug the bro um uh, Charles, the the family down at West City Rampage, man. Uh, so Charles Schuster dropped the episode on the back of the Way Five with myself and Cam's some time ago. But it was good to just um, hear it back. I think when he record some of those ones some time ago, then actually listen to them, and you you sort of get the appreciation of time. But yeah, that was a solid um, yarn. Shout out to that guy and the the great work that they do down at um, Rampage. Um, another shout out to the old Thai still on. His um away with the family. So these the guys are just touched down in Dubai. Man, watching this guy's stories where I'm like jealous as it, but man, good on him and um his wife Susan for just getting up and going, eh? Like we heard that with um Nabil and Amy's yarn about just taking the kids and just seeing all these beautiful places. Um, yeah, it's got me just thinking really hard about life and stuff. Uh, another big shout out to my bro Ted Witsi. Um, love you also, and to my docs, um Devita Taho Gao for letting me flex one of his garments today it's nice and warm um and just a few birthday shout outs to obviously uh happy 65th to auntie Salah and to uncle petero turn 60 during the week and also to joanna smells that sid smells wife up and they're always listening and plugging from up north to the nephew dayland and to my tongue and auntie putti deanne uncle uh that's mickey's mum so she celebrated her birthday yesterday so yeah, that runs up the list of my shout-outs. Hey, I want to make a shout-out to my brother-in-law, uh, Toops, who had a birthday last night. I couldn't make his uh, his drinks last night. I was still getting out with the flu. But um, happy birthday to him. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, man, um, 
Now I just want to make a shout out to everybody that's listening in on the West West Network uh, podcast. All our podcasts, especially MT at the Clip, the EOTC. Don't forget to check out our Facebook group page, which is a private page. So if you want to just join and answer the free questions, our securities will let you in. And there's your chance to put your down some comments and posts and for us to talk about on the on the podcast. Okay, boys, that's us, man. Um, how's our week been? How's, how's your week been, yes? Yeah, good. Uh, some uh, standard stuff, like uh, the kids are uh, wrestling and then... Uh, Bible study, but I guess the, I guess a few different things. Yeah, it was the birthday on Wednesday. My mom's on the third, and I was just thinking about that. Like I was talking with a good friend, uh, Logan. Yeah, Logan Martin. He was on the podcast as well, and saying how so like when you're younger, you like yeah yeah. Um, you know, before I was just sort of like you know doing my own thing, a little bit selfish, and you know catch up like sort of more if there was a. Uh, an event you know like a family event an anniversary or birthday or something like that but now like i'm older and things are happening like going out of your way to to catch up with uh, family and things like that so yeah just a different uh i guess maybe maturity or something like that um so it was good having mom over for uh some cake and kfc and stuff and then on saturday as well so that was uh that was really cool i guess and then i guess the other thing that was probably different from the ordinary week um school and work and family and things like that it was um with my daughter like we have wrestling monday wednesday and then tuesday thursday they go to their nan and papas and um like if 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 they don't have wrestling for whatever reason um i usually make them train at home and so like when they go to nan and papas they don't train there obviously but they i try to tell my wife or if i'm there like to do some like homework whatever it is like whether it's maths or english or just do something where they're learning but I had uh, my daughters on Friday. We were at home, and I made them train. And but before we were going to train, I was like, um, you know, should I just let her have the day off, whatever? And then I was like, no, 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 because if I let her have the day, I was thinking if I let her have the day off, you know, kids are smart. Then she'll be like, oh, if I do this, dad will give me the day off or that type of thing. And um, I was like, all right, because usually, like every time I make her train, she usually cries first, but then she does it. But then this time she sort of was like, oh, okay, daddy, you know, and then we went and trained and I was like, oh, we made breakthrough. So I guess in terms of, you know, catching up on the week, that was um, obviously the birthday and the catch up uh, for the birthdays. And then on the Friday, that was a big breakthrough um, and the highlight for me that she was just like, you know, all right, let's go, daddy. You know, so I, I'm happy she's starting to see that it's just a normal way of life slowly. Um, yeah. It's, it's taken a while, but um I don't know. I guess we'll see this week if she goes back to crying before we do it. But yeah, I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> so that yeah, that was my week basically. Oh man, I've been carrying some pretty um, heavy thoughts from the workplace, eh? and it's actually got me thinking about looking at another job. Almost um, yeah, so we'll have a phone privileges on the floor. Mm. Oh, man, uh, actually, weighed, it's been weighing on me for a while. Um, First two cuts on the Saturday morning, I uh, know the guys that are like pretty high up in management at their jobs, and I just shared a bit of my thoughts on my work policy at the moment. And it was pretty good to just get their perspective on it. And it did come across like, yeah, very work seems to be sort of putting a noose around us, sort of, you know, like just controlling us a bit too much. Because the issue with work is that you can't have your phone on you. But twice the kids have been trying to get a hold of me, and they know, like, that's an emergency. 
And the emergency was they were stuck trying to pay for something. They didn't have any FPOS. So they're trying to get my debit number to pay Apple Pay. So they had to wait three hours, bro. But to me, that's 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 a, like I've I've just gotten past anxiety and just been able to deal with it. That's just intensified it, you know. It's like made it worse. It's like it's come back, sort of. So this whole week, bro, I've been on. It's like I've been on edge, and it's sort of giving me like the sore guts and not not being able to just to just sit and relax. So just I appreciate you guys letting me just be you able know, for us to do empty out the clip online because like. It's just been weighing on me, and I haven't even sent an email off to to the management about it. But apart from that, rubbish. No, the weekend was pretty exciting. Um, yeah, just cutting again, and then also seeing people that have come in for a month or two. Even um debriefing the uh, boxing that took place last Sunday, and just watching the reels and all the pre-fight, all the hype around it, and then we're two from here for the two fighters. But no, it's good. We went out for dinner last night to celebrate the, the nephew's um twentieth birthday, which was pretty cool up in Westgate. But nah, it is still cold, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old, man. Nah, it's definitely cold. It's definitely cold. How's your week been, Ken? Nah, it's been good. But I just want to touch on what you were saying about your work because maybe that's a topic we could we could touch on in the future episodes. But it's a big topic, man. Especially you know when you when you're doing a nine to five and it feels like, you know, there's stuff that happens in the background that would, you know, stop you from from concentrating at work. And I'm talking about stuff at home, family stuff or in, in your personal life that probably the workplace, they don't really understand or don't really cater anything in the workplace to help if, in, if any shit goes down, you know? Hey. So, oh, absolutely, bro. Yeah. I mean, um, Auckland Floods was a good example of it, man, mm. you know? When when the city's going into um, what the emergency alert shutdown and all that shit, while we still here at work, like stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna send the email off. I know I'm speaking on behalf of maybe at least ten people at work, and it's a typical cultural thing within um in workplaces as well. You know how we're too far along, and never try and talk back to management or try and share your 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 honest thoughts about it, you know, mm. were too bloody, or or you know, just go koko mumu in the in the lunchroom or in the hallways, you know. It's like nah, fuck that, man. Like twenty twenty three, man, you got a voice. If ninety percent of the plants Pacifica and is predominantly salmon, maybe they need to cater to us, you know, because it seems like we we are the ones going all the way. We go sit down at the table, we're about to serve it, and they go nah, fuck it, I want this. Give me something else. That's how it feels, you know. And that's just you know my. My input about how I feel it is right now. So, I mean, if I'm looking, looking for another job, I'm looking at what what I could get. You know, with my skill set, I'm like, you know, it is just a segment of my life. It isn't my life. You know, my my wife and kids is you didn't clock out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I work twelve hours just, but I wear this dad bull low hat. Fucking twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days every bloody minute of my life. You know, so they need to understand that, and it's just fucking shocking. Feels like we're being institutionalized at bloody work. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, especially with men there who are fathers of have young kids at home. I was listening to the radio this week and they were talking about the the laws around the maternity leave. So I think the mother can have three months, eh? And then the father can have um three months as well. And it depends on whether you take it. So you can the mother can take the first three months since child's birth 
and then after that three months is done, then the father can take the next three months off. Huh? I think with labor, they don't want to do that. They want to just have the the mother and father have the three months at the same time. So who becomes the breadwinner in that situation, eh? <laughs> if you're not getting paid full wages? Yeah, or something like that. I, yeah. But yeah, man, other than that, my week's been all right. It's been it's been busy, man. It's, especially West West Network, um, sort of busy, man. We did the um, the the counterac. I think last week, I can't remember what day it was, but you guys probably heard it and seen it on our, on our socials. The snippet I put on about Auckland rugby, the amount of um, response from that video, wow, there's heaps, man. Go on TikTok. There's about sixty six at the moment, and more on. Um, Is that the one about? Is that the one Joey touching on the criteria to get picked yeah. to play Auckland? Yeah. Provincial yeah. Yeah. And but I, I told you, man, what I say, I said, for, <laughs> rewind the tape, man. Go back and have a look. I said, but it's always the hardest commodity in Auckland rugby right now, and he can't even get a start. And I don't know if Joey was even mentioning that guy, but head to head, man, right now, if he put those two players on the field, which is Plummer versus Valetoy, very. I can guarantee half of Auckland's rugby supporters would be like, why would you even, you know, because he's already a professional paid player. Like, you know, he's on the outskirts, but like, yeah, it is shocking, man. Like, I know it is an all boys club, man. Like, I'm just glad that he said it. It is an all boys club. It's not what, it's not your ability. It's who you know and who's willing to, you know, move favors mm. around. Mm. It's like almost like trading. It's like these are human trafficking in club football, bro. We'll give you Angus Tawawao. You can come play a season down here if you yeah. give us two wingers, and and ninety percent of the time they'll come from schoolboy rugby, and that's the yeah that's all the jargon that happens behind closed doors, man. But you know, I was, I was thinking, hey, after all that, because it's, it's still going, people are still commenting, people are still, still still liking the yeah. video on TikTok, and I was thinking, man, like, is there anywhere else that people say this sort of stuff that's real that touches yeah, yeah. people's hearts or, or or touches people's opinions on what's going on because the amount of response i was thinking is there anything else out there that's doing this sort of thing or is it just us and it makes me so proud that we have this platform to to just that we can say these sort of things right we can yeah. say what people think but but never say you know what i mean mm, like yeah. like you know it's good and i don't think there's any other platform out there that's doing that because otherwise you know people will just say oh heard it all before blah 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 but nah, it's been it's been interesting. It's been an interesting uh, week of um, looking into that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's um, it's always been there, but uh, I guess people in the rugby world are too scared to speak on it or say it a certain way. And I guess the boys just probably being a bit more open and honest, and people could relate and you know resonate with what they were saying because we were talking about that sort of stuff years ago. You know mm. what I mean? But it's just not really out in media the mainstream and and yeah. all the the stuff that that's out in mainstream it's sort of like very democratic in the way they communicate their stuff so maybe people have sort of said it but they've said it in you know like a coded type of way in a nice way whereas if you know the, yeah like i said with the podcast platform you can just say it um how you want and you know a way that people can relate to you and understand mm. you know what i mean like just speaking from the heart and the truth and then i think that's probably why it's had some I had a good, um, you know, feedback and engagement because it's from it's from the people, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, and that, and that was the best thing about it. I think 
you know, I think there are a mixture of people that agreed with what Joey said and, and a mixture of people that didn't agree with, with what he said as well. And I, I thought that was that, that was pretty cool that everybody just had their say, you know. So something that's like in everybody knows about, but not yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not out there, eh? Yeah, yeah. 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 No, but everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because rugby's, you know, white collar game and it's somewhat political, you know what I mean? So people mm. got to be careful the way, I mean, some people got to be careful the way they communicate and talk and stuff. You can see it in the interviews and that and you got to talk and walk and, you know, behave a certain way sort of thing. So when there's any issues in that, people, you know, sort of on eggshells type of thing. And then, but when people do come out, they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I agree too. But mm. it's just that those ones that are, um, you know, confident and bold enough to do it. Yeah, that's right. And I was thinking today, because I was always thinking about it today, and I, I come up with new ideas, new thoughts about it. And today's thought about it was, I thought the object was object of this whole thing was to win. You know, and I thought, and to win, in order to win, don't you need the best guys available, the best people you possibly be have on this team? Like, if if it's yeah. about politics, if it's about a boys' club, about you know, we need this guy because he's he's my uncle's son, or you know, blah blah blah. He's in my family, blah blah blah. He's rich and blah blah blah. You know, then what's that? Got? That's not got to do with winning. That's got to do with who knows who. I think that that culture though, that old boys culture though, it's more or less. And like I, I I can see that the angle you're coming about, like actually winning championships and that. But I think it's more or less setting their own up to be in a better position financially, and their opportunities being more more greater like is in not just one particular club like to various clubs and knowing that they can if someone doesn't fill that gap then they can have someone else who can fill that gap and then have another opportunity exactly that that's the angle yeah. it's going at eh? yeah or well, it clearly is man because mm. there's some guys who weren't even in the mix of things right couldn't even get a start for the blues yet they're in the picture the fact that they even let the blues players drop down into their npc team for the for the start of the season i don't think is a good fit because there's two different competitions, man. You know, why play have a cup competition and have them sort of striving for rep or at least a window to get opportunity to play at that level? And they can't because those guys are dropping down and playing NPC level. Like, you look at the women's game, it's a lot even now than what it was last year or the season before that. Mm. So, yeah, it's, I think, um, like, I think of the... Uh, the Bulls, you know, the last dance, you know, when you're talking about it's about winning championships and yeah, it is. But like all your people at the top say maybe, I don't know, it's different for every organization, but maybe you have 50, 60, 70, 80% that want it. But, you know, you look at like Jerry Buss, so they're all about winning championships and then Jerry Buss is sort of a bit butthurt about him not getting recognition and he has someone at the top and so he knows that Jordan and them are going to get championships but because he's hurt, um, he's offended and He's so he sort of switches from trying to win championships to sort of save self, you know, and you know, and then they end up ruining a legacy just because of someone's, um, you know, what I mean, like they've been hurt. And so, that's the same with like rugby and different sports, you might have most of them on board for winning, you know, doing whatever it takes to win a championship, and then a few it's more personal, you know, like they get rid of players that they should have kept or bring in people that's their buddies or whatever so it's a little bit more selfish or it's you know it's not the best thing for the club overall um so if you get a few couple of guys or girls like that you know it can really undo like the rest of the people that are you know 100 percent in for the championship 
Now, that's, that's the way I sort of see it. you got to have everybody. Because before, you know, Jerry Buss was um, butthurt, you know, with Pippen mocking him and him not getting the recognition for winning the championships. You know, he was all good. But then once that happens, then it became more personal and, uh, you know, he became more selfish about it all. Yeah, because if I put it in another way, like if New Zealand rugby and club rugby and Auckland Union and all the other unions... If it's about money, because we're not the the richest union compared to the whole world, right? We're not the richest. NZR is not the richest, like, like up north, right? That's where the money is. So it's that at the top over here, they're sort of fighting for scraps because we need to get guys with opportunities to to give them opportunities to go overseas, right? To get the the big bucks. It's not about it's not about finding the best players anymore, right? Eh? It's just finding the particular people to give them opportunities to make that big money. Just pretend I'm Auckland Rugby Union and, and I've got incentive to win games. But I know that winning games won't give opportunities to the kids that I know. The, the real opportunity is for the kids to go overseas. So, so, so I sacrifice winning for picking those, those guys that I want to be, have opportunities to be successful overseas, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, bro. That's... And that's what that's where it's at now, man. Like you can just you can just see that's where the the cracks are and and the way the Auckland rugby is set up at the moment. Because you got Hodgkins, right? His, his junior clubs is what Marist. His his club is Marist, but Marist plays in the the Galahad Shield Cup. But he's playing for, he's playing down in counties. So I don't know how the they've they've gone from doing that sort of setup or whether they're trying to spread the talent in certain positions that other provinces might not be strong. Like, you know, because then if he did come up to Auckland, there'd be a whole lot of Lucy's to, to pick from, just like how we have a lot of props to choose from. Yeah, I think there's there's another thing that um, I see. Sometimes, like, if, um, like, a selector or coach or someone high up there, like, picks a player, you know, from 18s, 20s, and then, like, they, they, they want to see them through because they've invested so much, like, time and money and resources into these certain players and, they become like sort of like favorites in a way, and then like they maybe they're not uh, putting up the goods that they they expected, but they still like we we're way too deep and we're we're going all the way, or you know what I mean so, sometimes. So I don't know. I think of like Sam Kane, like he I thought he started off well, and then he's had like injuries and stuff. He's not quite the same player, but they've gone too far with him. Like and so for them, they're like well, he's 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 going to captain us all the way. Like uh, other than him getting injured, you know, because they've had this vision type of thing and, and for them to not just him but other players maybe they believed in to say like oh we're not going to pick you or whatever it's like you know it's going against them like it's like oh maybe it's almost like admitting I was wrong or something like that but they don't want to admit they were wrong in certain situations where they'll be like stick with something right or wrong you know just because they've invested so much into it yeah well, it'll never be a case like American sports say eh, when NBA and NFL, like they'll get rid of you if you're if you're not doing well. They always pick the best players, right? Like they they won't worry about the um, the boys' club sort of thing. If, if you're good enough, you make the team. If you're the best, I think I think the they'll be a little bit more ruthless. But there'll always be some sort of boys' club. Some will have more. I I reckon more or less, but they're probably a little bit more cutthroat uh, in general. But there's always there's always a Boys club, um, in some sort of capacity, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. 
but just some are more and then some are less, you know. Like they've adapted with the times and evolved, but then some are not. They're sort of still stuck in that same rut. Like, you know, some teams just can't win the championships for whatever reason, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like they're always at the bottom or in the mid- middle, like Browns and that. You know, they just can't get over the hump. Okay, boys, um, let's get into our topic. So the first one I want to bring up is, so you let's you put up a video on the page. There was a story in Australia, in, in Brisbane, and the headline is Force of Field. So it looks like, you know, when, when you go watch a footy game with young kids, um, six-year-old, and you find out, you, you look and there's a kid that, sure, sure he's, he's six 15. years old, but is he six years old? Looks like he's, but he looks like he's 15, Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it's a typical... Um, Thing you see in 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 kids in kids sports, eh? Especially with um, rugby league and rugby, you know, when the Polynesian kids are a lot bigger than the Balan kids in the age group, it strikes fear in all the the white kids' parents. But man, I look I, I looked at that video and this guy, bro, typical way. Eh? Like, can someone find this guy's uh, birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Uh... That was a good video. I thought his dad spoke really well, and you know, to, you know, encouraging them to, you know, practice their tackling and all this stuff. You know, and and they even went up an age group as well, because you know they talked with the coach and seeing what was the best um, thing moving forward. You know, it's not the kid's fault that he's bigger. He's just I guess the genetics and and then you know they they will catch up. You know, everyone else will catch up and. Yeah, hopefully just the other kids. Yeah, because I feel sorry for the big kid, you know, like, you know, you can't do anything. You're just, you know, and he went up by age group as well. Um, and he's just doing his best. You know, you, everybody wants to score tries and win and stuff like that. But, then, you know, at the same time, like, he feels sorry for the other kids he's fending off. So, I don't know, it's a tough one. Um, I was a big kid, like, not that big, though, and not that strong, but I was definitely one of the bigger ones and could run through sometimes, you know, and then, but once I got to like 14, 15, everyone started, you know, there was a lot of other big kids and kids would grow, um, catch up and you couldn't make the same breaks and all that. So, I mean, it will stop at some age. I don't know when, but, you know, everyone will grow and he might stop growing and, you know, people have their growth spurts and stuff like that. So I guess in the mean, yeah, it, there's not much you can do, but just entire, encourage, you know, the coaches and the kids to, Prove their tackle technique and that, and um, you know, rush up in mean, numbers and try to chop his legs or, or whatever it is. But I mean, it's not it's not his fault, or you know, I don't, I don't know. What do you, yeah, what do you guys think? It's a common thing, eh? And especially in rugby, especially in Auckland, because the amount of Polynesians that live here in Auckland, and probably in Australia yeah. too, all well, the Polynesians that live over there, the Pacific Islanders, yeah, they're yeah. taking up league. But you know what? Was the Kiwi born? If you're a Kiwi, right? Like if that was my son, and he was under six. My son would be playing under tens or under twelves with football. <laughs> he wouldn't be playing. He wouldn't be playing because that's how it was when we were kids. Like we were borderline good old. Like we were, I, I played under fourteens and we had nine and ten year olds playing, and that was us. We played all the way through the grades, but we wouldn't try and play like our grade. You know what I mean? Because we had some big kids, so we played up. I would have thought like, mate, common sense will tell you go play restricted. You know, put your son up a grade. I mean, he's better for it. There's no point putting him in doing a long with rugby and week to week he's going to be trying to hit top score, top point score, top everything. When he gets becomes his age, doesn't become, become foreign to him. It's going to be like, yeah, the world caught up and then what? You fall behind. Well, that's the way I see it. But 
Yeah, if, if, if your kid's like that much bigger, it's like one could try to tackle him, he's probably three times his height. It's like, yeah. Well, he did. I wouldn't, go on, I wouldn't go on the news and boast about it, bro. Like, that to me is like, that's just fucking stupid, bro. Like, I would never go on camera and say, hey, my son's this. Nah. It's just like, bro, think about it. Like, look, like, literally look at him. He's he's massive, man. I mean, I don't think you can sort of like, I don't know, say that it's fair. I mean, that, that that's like a landslide, like, off the scale difference between the kids his age and the weight. Like, you know? That's yeah, basically, I think when, that's basically, when they make up the rules, when they make up the rules, right, of course they're yeah. not catering for Polynesian kids. They could be six years old but have a body of a 16-year-old. 15. You know? Of yeah. course, when they made the rules, they never thought about that. You know? When yeah, they made yeah, them, yeah. So, so now it's just a technicality. So I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. The first thing that comes to mind is when I read Sonny Bill Williams' book, when he talks about always playing in grades above him. Like he always played with all, all the guys all the time, which, which he thought Ooh, Sam, so Sam him, made him better. As well. Even um, when Sam came on, remember he said that he he wasn't going to get taken to the other game, just go to the older brother's game. And he yeah. was like the smallest on the field. <laughs> Eventually when he caught up, he was still hitting the guys like they were older than him yeah. and, and then became a false direction with you know? Yeah, yeah, because he went up. He went up one age group, but uh, yeah, obviously, probably uh, like age of the guys were saying, probably went should have went up two, two or three, maybe. I mean, I guess still they were similar size mm. um, as him. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, those kids are they got to fight those kids there. They're just getting offended off like ragdolls. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. One one year obviously wasn't enough. Would it be better if it was weight? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know, like if there's always like a weight restriction every year. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how they work. It depends on numbers, but yeah, I guess definitely should have went up maybe two years at mm. least. Maybe they introduce a new um, thing, height, height restriction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> height and width, yeah, I think it, width and height. I think it depends on numbers and stuff, you know what I mean? Like if you have enough uh, kids yeah. that are that weight group and uh, how many teams and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, because I've seen like quite a few kids that play up, up age group, but like sometimes I see like kids play upper grade but they're not like their dad wants them to, but they're not that good. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they probably would have been better yeah, off yeah, yeah. in their own age group, you know, to develop some confidence and yeah. some proficiency. So sometimes it goes the other way where like, they're like, Oh, I want my, yeah, son, yeah, yeah. my son to be tough and, you know, tackle these, but they're not like quite ready or mature enough. But obviously in this case, he was yeah. obviously uh, physically ready uh, to play up a grade, uh, a couple of, up, a couple of grades, yeah. But yeah. sometimes yeah. the other way it goes bad, you know what I mean? Like they just, they get hammered or they just, you know, just can't keep up with the play when they when they play up a grade. Mm. I have to agree with you, uh, Let's, about the story. It's only a story because of that yeah. image of him feeding off those yeah, little yeah, kids, yeah. you know, and <laughs> see a big dude like that just running <laughs> over these little kids, feeding them off like that. You know, of course, they're going to get people's interest. You know, you put that on TV... People going to get, oh my gosh, what the hell? I've coached young kids, bro. And like, if we played under nines and there was a guy the same height as me on the field, how do you, how do you hype your team up? <laughs> There's no, it's like, you know, don't worry about it. We're all going to get ashes after this. That's the only way you can tell your team to just hang in there. It's only one guy. There's only one guy. <laughs> and you know, that story would live with those kids right up to the, the in the 18, like the 18. Remember that one kid that just freaking jammed along with a whole lot of us? Don't be serious. So he's like, wasn't you that got bumped off first? It would be like that. But this kid, obviously, he can score tries. 
But I mean, I reckon, yeah, if he went up a few ages and like maybe played restricted, bro, he'd probably be just as good, man. There'd be probably guys older than him who wouldn't be able to tackle him either. Yeah. yeah. So, boys, you post another video up on the page, let's, um, about, you did it back in July. Um, I think it was an old story that came up again. So it's a story about the kids, um, school kids that actually oh, have to work, yeah, yeah, yeah. have to work um, after school, and sometimes yeah. it's almost like they've, yeah, they've kind of got to work to help the family, and they've missed out on homework and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's a pretty sad, sad situation, but it's a, a reality. And I remember this happening during lockdown or after lockdown, eh? Because you know families were struggling, yeah, yeah, they couldn't yeah, work, yeah. and um, the kids needed to get out, get out of school. Even some kids mm. didn't go back to school, and they had to, to work full time to help to help the family. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty sad situation. Yeah, I shared that one. Um, that's on the back of like a few guys that had come into my workplace, and they were teens, you know, and you sort of like they sort of have the energy, you know, like that young mentality, sort of like green, you know, they're as green as they come when they step out onto the floor. So I like to always look out for kids like that because they remind me of my own kids. So we had a couple of kids that came into the workplace like that. And but one one kid, a guy named Dan, came in and I asked him straight off, I go, what, what are you doing? And he's, oh, my old lady's sick. So just try and help you pay some bills. And then I said to him, are you looking at trying to get full-time? He said, yeah, man, I just need to help my mums out. He eventually became prim, and we do 48 hours a week. But he wasn't going to school, you see. Like, I don't think he could have even made, he couldn't manage doing six to six, then have like a couple of hours and then get a go to school. But I do know, like, in some South Auckland schools, because we've had kids come in from Aurere and they've done the um, the 11 to six, they, they're allowed to start a bit later. But the only differences with them doing it is that they're not doing full NCEA subjects. So they might have like one or two subjects, but not not like five or six, you know. But even still, bro, like, you know, I've said it before, man. Like, you know, our kids need to live to be kids. That window's short, you know. And you can imagine being all of Valley in your 15, 16, 17 days, man. You just want to get car, be fear, street cred and drink and just play up. People mocks and do the rest of it, and then you know, go home and go to school and talk about the weekend. Yeah, the saddest part about it is that yeah, post um, COVID, and even before COVID, like you know, some of our our, our teens they don't get to see that, they don't get to live it. You know, I mean, it is a maturity thing as well. Like they understand times are tough, and like right about now, bro, with the cost of living, gas and interest rates and stuff, bro, it is really hard. So now that reality is becoming more realer by the moment. Just just as you've seen those kids, some of those kids, I think when she said, one kid said 20 hours, another kid said 47 hours. I'm like, damn. That, that's, you know, that they will make them strong and resilient for when they get to uni. But still, man, like such a young age to sort of be wearing that responsibility along with everything else that's happening in the world, bro, is... It's quite hard and it's it's sad, eh? You know, to me, it's sad. Yeah, it's it's a bit sad. You, yeah, you want your kids to be kids, or and then kids to be teens when they're teens. Um, yeah, like growing up a little bit too quick and you know getting into um, responsibilities and things like that. 
my brother, my older brother, he 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 dropped out. Uh, I think it was about year eleven. Um, to to work and yeah, similar to the kid that worked for you, let's the um just to help his mom out. So yeah, it's pretty much to help mom and uh me and my bro- uh me and my other brother. But he was the oldest then, so yeah, he quit school and started working and that. And you know, yeah, you do miss out like because he's he's an awesome basketball player and probably had this sort of thing to play professionally on. You know, um, mm. he made uh like a he ended up going back to school for a bit after he I think he worked for a year or two and then. Um, you know, one of the coaches saw he was pretty good and got him to come back for one more year at, um, at Avondale, actually. And then he did really well and made it like a tournament team and stuff like that. But I think those two years that he was working, it would probably would have been better him going to school and playing basketball and, you know, developing more and, and just having... So, yeah, it's, it's tough because he didn't have, like, the resources and stuff around him to help him develop, you know. And, I mean, for other kids, it might be other dreams, whatever it is, just to sort of focus on yourself and your own... Um, you know, whatever you want to achieve um, at school, whether it's educational or, or sporting. So, yeah, I think, you know, my brother did miss out a little bit there in terms of that. And there's probably other kids that are, you know, thrust into work when they, you know, could have put a bit more time into whatever their thing is. And because you can, you're going to work, you know what I mean? Like well, eventually, so why rush into it? Like yeah, yeah. you don't need, to, you got plenty of time to work. So, yeah, it's better off being a kid, being a teen. Yeah, enjoying hanging out with your your mates and you know in school and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's pretty tough, pretty sad. Um, but yeah, like you said, it did make him tougher. You know, like he's still a hardworking man and all that. But um, it would have been good to see him. Yeah, just have more time. Um, to, you know, to put into his basketball and sort of push that and see how far he could have pushed it more. You know. Yeah, it's a sad situation, eh? and like I don't know, I can't really put myself in that sort of place and think about it because. I never happened to me when I was growing up, because both my parents worked, and even though, but we're talking about the the eighties, early nineties, you know, both my parents worked. I know my dad, he he got laid off from his job, so he had to stay home. My mom had to work, but we're still okay, because I think that time was okay. Yeah. Like you could have a one one income back in the eighties, you know, it was alright. Um, mm. Yeah, so yeah, I can't. I'm I'm sad that these kids don't have a childhood. And they have to work at a young age, and that because you're right, you guys are right, man. Can't, can never. It's hard to um to leave that open. Huh. Yeah, I think um it's such a special time, you know, mentally and physically and all that. And mm. um like I f- I worked a bit in when I was at school, but it was just during the holidays, and it wasn't you know forty hours that type of thing. So I think a little bit of work here and there was good, like during the school holidays, um or less hours. You know, anything under twenty is probably not too bad, but not all year, you know, like if these guys are doing 20, yeah. 20 plus year, uh, hours a week and like for long periods of time, that's pretty, pretty rough. But like, I just did some during the school holidays, which I felt was good. And it, like, it helped it sort of inspire me, like as to what I didn't want to do type of thing. I was like, oh, I don't want to do yeah, this. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So it can be good in that sense in terms of like, um, them sort of seeing what the real world is like and, you know, what they do yeah. want to do and don't want to do. But 40 hours, man, you know, that's too much for like a kid sort of thing, you know, like a, like a part-time yeah. job on the weekend or something, that's all right. But um, you still want to be a kid, you know, a few hours here and there, but anything above 15, 20 is too much, you know, for a kid, any, you know, a teen, in my opinion. I mean, just even like just trying to juggle, like say church, school and working. I mean, if you had like five, course subjects that you're trying to do your NCEA for trying to study and balance church life and then trying to play a sport as a as a team 
I get anxiety just thinking about it as an adult, man. Like, I couldn't <laughs> ever imagine myself trying to go to uni, study part-time, play sport, and look after my wife and kids, bro. Like, that's 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 draining, you know? So I think, you know, some of these kids will come out, you know, probably stronger. But then for a lot of them, man, it's unnecessary pressure that they don't need. That's that's how I see it, you know? Yeah. And I just, yeah. I, 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 um, I have so much... Um, Love for these kids, man, because you know it's not easy. Mm. It's not. It's not the. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. For like for me and my kids, and that like I don't really want them to work until they're old. You know, like until they finish school, sort of thing, just so they can enjoy that time. Um, I mean, you know, it's a long way away, but uh, yeah, I want them to be teens, and even like my wife and um, her siblings and that. They, you know, her dad and that is always like you know just focus on your school and what you're doing and you know that time will come when you get to work in that but in the meantime just you know focus on your schoolwork and you know all those type of things um but yeah for me i don't want my kids to work until because there's so much time for it eh? so it's like yeah don't do it before you need to sweet, sweet boys okay um what else in the news okay so aredna aredna um the new zealand r&b artist part of Dawn Raid back in the days and she came out um, and I only heard about this through um, <clears throat> through the missus so she told me this morning like Arena came out in a way where she talked on of abuse from her partner um, she was getting beaten up uh, she came out about that just recently on her social media I think I, I didn't personally read it but the story came out of I was told a story about her partner not allowing her to go to her mum's funeral because the partner was had secure, um, insecure issues on the ex-boyfriend being at the funeral as well. There was that, and she showed up to the funeral with like a, a lace over her face to hide her black eye. Pretty sad. Let's you had um, you, you heard that news as well. I'm glad we're sharing it. Also. Like I can tell you one thing and. I know love's a powerful spell, man, and it's one of those things that can sometimes cloud anyone's judgment. It can also cloud you from reality and what's good and what's wrong and what you should share and what you shouldn't share, you know? But, man, I just I just want to use this moment and just say, man, to anyone that's in an abusive relationship, man, and any time a guy or a so-called man puts a finger on you and not in the most respectful way, they never stay, man, and they never be quiet about it. They eh? use that moment to tell yourself, run, or go get help. Because my heart broke, man. I wanted to cry when I when I heard my wife reading that. Because Aradna is such a beautiful soul. Her, what she, you know, that this is that um, look how far we'll come. She, she's like a, um, she's an icon on New Zealand music. She's Samoan. She's Indian. She's proud. She's Kiwi, you know. And to just know that she was going through all of that. And hiding it, it's freaking hard. It's hard to imagine knowing that, you know, this is a young girl who got picked up through Dawn Raid. She's the first lady of that label. And this was happening to her, you know. And it's 2023, amongst all the other bullshit that's going on in the world and still happening, like the racism and all the rest of it. But this is freaking next level sad. Like, I couldn't imagine. If I was her brother, I would hunt that guy down, man. I would use all the resources I have to find where he is and I'll make him pay, man. Like, that's my honest response to that. Like, I would, I would make him pay. I would sit down and make him feel comfortable, maybe slip him a couple of roofies and see how far he goes and where he wakes up. 
because that's not wrong, man. Like you know, and I got a heart, man. I'm a I'm a nice guy. I would never wish harm upon anyone. But for her to carry that that um that pain, and to feel that at her mum's funeral, bro, that's I don't know. That's psychotic, man. That that's that's poison, eh? That that's so toxic that no one ever deserves to feel like that, man. You should mourn, you know. When you're grieving, you should mourn. You should cry. You should be able to leave that, but not hide your own abuse mentally, physically, whatever. You should never be able to. That, but that's why I mean, like, man, if you feel like you're in danger in your relationship, man, just just run from it, because eh? right, this poor lady. And she knows I love her. I love her, but I love her nonstop. I'm always gonna be one of her biggest fans, bro. But that was terrible. That was heartbreaking, man. That was like, literally, felt like someone sullied my heart. Like that's how heavy I took that news. And I'm grateful for all the barbers that have been sharing it too, you know, because it's not okay, you know. That sort of shit's this. this if you love someone that much, you would never lay a finger on them like that, you know. And there was never love. What if um, like. What if, what if, uh, what if um, a lady like slaps you in the face? Like, no, nah, I mean, you know, you hear of those ones, and then the guy reacts, um, yeah, instinctually. Yeah, he should think of the consequence that comes after it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, he should think heavily about the consequence that comes after it. Yeah, yeah. either one of you is going to end up in hospital, or someone's going to end up at the morgue. That that's how that toxic feeling should feel. Because if she was my sister, bro, I would roll up. Fucking full artillery, man, like with everyone. Everyone. Like, I wouldn't leave anyone out, you know? And my sister's partner should know this as well, man. Like openly. Anyone, any any female in your family, bro. You know, your your sisters, your your niece, your especially your blood like that, bro. That's not right, you know. You can you, you get a feels like a fussy from your man at home. It's like, see, this is what happened. He said not to touch it. But not not like that to hide, like, you know, the physical abuse to hide. And there's, there's no excuse for it, bro. Like, if you get hit by a lady, that should make you a bigger man. Yeah. You should be able to react to that. You should be able to re- react to that and be like, oh, I had that coming. She wouldn't have hurt you for nothing. Yeah, it's weird how, um like, you hear of domestic violence and then, like, that, and then, like, the family or friends, you hear, they'll be like, oh, just stay out of it. It's not our thing, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you yeah, said, yeah. like, of course, like, if that was my daughter, I was like, of course I'd get involved, you know mm-hmm. I mean? I wouldn't just let them figure it out, you know? Yeah. Of course you'd, you know, rock up and, you know, do what you had to do type of thing. Do the mm-hmm. Godfather, Sonny. Um, yeah, bro. Exactly, yeah, bro. You the know? Way, yeah, the way Sonny reacts, that's right. Yeah. But he should always have a plan three or four steps down the road. All right, if I come down with a bat, he comes with a gun, I'm going to come with five guns. That, that's the way you should so, so, safeguard yourself. But, bro, like... Like, if they have just their own, um, you know, disagreements and arguments, you know, I oh, no, that's just their thing, you know, that's a part of being a couple and figuring things out. But when it gets to violence, then, you know, you got to step in and, um, you know, make some changes type of thing, basically. You know what I mean? You wouldn't just... Yeah. You wouldn't just let that stuff, uh, kind of stuff slide. Yeah. Like I hate to think like, and like, and I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm not even gonna say it's Rihanna. Say it was another singer. Like, okay, we'll just use Rihanna and Chris Brown. I'm not gonna say. I can tell you, she did not slap Chris across the mouth, and be like, "Fuck me later." That would never have been that case. And if do you are you saying like, okay, is this the new way of being kinky these days? Give me a black eye and then you give fuck me up my ass. 
and you know we'll make it we'll make a moment of it. That's fucking not that. That's that's not love, bro. That's sick. It's borderline sick, bro. You know. So for it to happen to a Pacifica lady, and the and who she is to us, like that's that's what makes it hard to sort of comprehend, and just realize like she was holding on to it, bro. But hey, your mum's funeral, bro. Like that's that's tough to just hear, hey. Like just to know that that's what she was going through. No one deserves that, man. Like. Of all the things that I've seen or heard come off social media, that's probably one of the hardest ones. It's one thing to grieve. It's another thing to hide your pain physically by someone who's laid their hands on you like that, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I think I we've, all, we've all had like a friend or family member that, you know, was all cool and beautiful and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, like, he or she is sort of like, oh, where's thing been? Like, oh, they've got a partner and. You know they're not around as much, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like when you, ones. then when you dig in, you're like, you know, things are going down and stuff that you don't um, little you hear little whispers and things like that, and yeah, it's probably like pretty similar to you know the Aradna thing, you know, different but yeah, yeah. but similar, and then but yeah, you got you got to step in there and um, you know, because the like you said the love thing, you know, can be quite blinding and they, they can't see things or maybe yeah. they have the confidence and just get alongside them and um, yeah do whatever you know is appropriate for that, that situation but when yeah when people are in it they can't really maybe see the way out or have enough confidence yeah. to step away or um, well, they don't know how yeah yeah they don't see a way yeah. out because they sort of um they tend to like tear people down too eh? like you know, you're not you're not gonna find anyone else. Uh, you know, you hear stories about that type of thing, how they um, break break people down mentally and physically, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like they, yeah, they um, ruin their self esteem and uh, things like that. So that's it's hard for them to move on, even though they they need to. They just sort of like mentally find it really challenging to get you know get past it. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that movie Mount Zion, eh? Mount Zion. Yeah, yeah. Even the movie Mount Zion with Stan Walker. And he's got that cousin. The baby's been looked after by Stan's um, family. And then he, you know, hears the phone ring or rings her. She doesn't answer. She doesn't say anything because she's too scared to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually they just go up her stuff and just bring her home. But then he wasn't going to go get her. He was like ringing her and say, come back, you know. And she never left, but she obviously knew that's not love, man. I give that to her for coming out there eh, because it's needed. Because domestic violence is a common thing, you know. A lot of women go mm-hmm. through it, and you hear it on social media, you hear it on the news, and you hear it t- happens to celebrities, you know. Um, and yeah. it's good. Like when I think about the latest coming out before, and was Miyamoto. So you know, she talks. Yeah, she she yeah, talks about yeah, the hard yeah. out, you know, about her yeah, yeah, yeah. her abuse she got and how she overcame it, you know. And if you hear her mm. story on podcasts or on the news. RNZ, man, they'll give any woman that's in that same situation some sort of courage to to do something about it. Hey, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Aranda heard her story or knew of it, or you know, or even a lot of women out there. Because I think I heard a podcast she came on, uh, Miyamoto. She came on. She talked about her abuse she received and how she got out of it. And at the end of the podcast, she was talking about how. Man, I just hope out there some if a woman's in the same position I was, hit listen to my story and and overcomes that as well. You know, I don't care if it's yeah. might be just one person out of everyone that, you know, 
tunes in, but it's, yeah. it's enough, you know. And, and that stuff's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, I used to, they, I did a girl um, years back, and she was a boxer and like quite strong and like not just physically, but just you know she was a strong person. I mean, she was saying she was um, not beaten, but just more more the mental sort of stuff, just negative um, words and. Yeah, and she was saying how she was pretty down in the dumps and, uh, you know, lost lost confidence and self-esteem and just was a bit of a shell of her former self. And I was like, man, like, like at the time when I met her, she wasn't, um, she was all good. But, yeah, it's just crazy how it can get the strongest of people, you know, um, tox- well, you know, toxic people or just real, yeah. So it's so important, eh, like who you hang around and connect with and, uh, I follow this guy. I've been following him for years. He has a lot of good advice. He's, he's like a business guy, but he has some good life stuff. But he said, like, his name's uh, Ty Lopez. I don't know him, but just one of those guys online. And he said, um, like, the three most important things, decisions in life is, like, your partner, your career, and your, like, your, your like, what you pursue, like, your passion or whatever. And I was like, you know, he sort of broke down each one. Like, the first one is, like, your partner. It's like, who you're going to, spend the most amount of time with and you know what you're going to pick up and i was like man true like that's not like things you learn in school they don't say like be careful who you you know who you date and who your partner's going to be and uh what your career is going to be because that's what you're going to do for you know seven eight hours a day and then you're going to go home to this partner and so it's like it's so big on who you um being able to read people and being able to um discern you know if this is a good partner for you you know because it's got so much time together and and you know sharing you sharing yourself and opening up and all that sort of stuff it's it's important uh, thing to learn eh? i remember um listening to um what's his name oh i forgot his name but he was talking about the when it comes to domestic violence the dynamic between the male and the female a lot of the time is because if you look at the dynamics of it like the female she can't fight but she can play with your mind, with her words. Mm. A male, he can fight, and his brain is sort of weak in the mind. So that that's like yeah. the um, the give and take. So because a woman can't fight, she can attack the male with her words. And because the male can yeah. fight, he gets beaten in his mind from those words. But the only thing he can yeah, lash yeah. out is his, is his fists. You know what I mean? So mm. it's like if he. If you if you're a male and you can't control yourself or you don't understand or you uneducated or you don't understand what's going on in your head when those words come out and the only thing you know is to hit back actually physically hit the girl I think that that's what happens <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of that yeah. happens too yeah. yeah because it's like a defense mechanism for women because yeah, because yeah. they can't fight then they can't physically overcome a male so they have to beat the male with with other things and that thing is is her voice. Mm. Yeah, like it's like those battle raps, say eh, when someone gets you and then you, you got no reply, so you just punch them. <laughs> You're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> but you know, I'm not saying that it's an excuse. I'm just saying I heard that's the dynamic of it. I think for a woman who's in a relationship with a guy that's inclined to to do, be like that, she's doing it to to lash out, wanting them to do something. So, so maybe you know something will happen. Like she, she can, she can take from it. Okay, I'm leaving. She needs that point or something like that. And for the other side of it, a male he has to learn to control himself because he has to understand that 
you can't lash out if if you're getting mind fucked <laughs> in the argument. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though even how but even, even how bad yeah. it is that. Yeah. Even how bad it is, you just still can't do it. You can't lash out like that. Yeah. yeah. You gotta understand. You gotta know the consequence that comes with mm. it. Eh? Exactly. Of, of of any any decision where you, you physically decide uh, it's throw down. Mm. Right. You gotta know what comes with it, man. It's like that. That we can go back and forth, man. But who's gonna have the last say, sort of thing? You know. Yeah. You gotta ask yourself: Do you want to play God and just end someone's life right here? You know. You gotta be able to paint that picture, man. Because if you don't, if you don't get it. Well, then you clearly will never understand until you're sitting behind bars or you're, you're pretty much on your deathbed. Yeah. If it gets to that point, then you shouldn't think about where we shouldn't be with this person in the first place. You know, you both shouldn't yeah. be with each other I mean, in the first some place. Some people are that blind, though. That's the thing. Some people are that blind, though, you know? Mm. Yeah. Three or four black eyes later, and then you're telling all your cousins, what? <laughs> and it's like, well, your cousins don't think straight. It's like, let's go now. <laughs> Get in the car. We're going now. <laughs> and I don't know. It's a security things why they stay. If you know they're scared to be single, or mm. I don't know. I know it's hard. You know, you invest your life to be with someone, and they're for, and they're forced to shit, and then you're like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? You know, that's hard eh, to go back. Oh, a lot yeah. of girls have different perspective on it. Man, I've even heard the, you know, I don't want to be that cousin that that was with someone and. You know, and then don't have a partner, and then I'm looking around at everyone. I'm the only one still single here in my thirties. You know, it's like fuck that. I'd rather be single than get the fucking bash. That's that's just not right, you know. And sometimes they need to be reminded. Like sometimes you need to remind your family. Like that's not good. That's not love, cause like well, what the fuck's going on? Like that's not that's not good, man. You know. I watch I watched that um the, the Chris Brown documentary. It was ages ago, and when he started giving um. Rihanna in the hidings and he was saying like I can't remember exactly but something about like he became like his dad sort of thing I think um, I don't know if you guys have seen it but he became what he sort of despised and you know like I guess some guys like because you know if you start dating and everything cool and stuff there's, there's no really stress in the beginning it's like when it's over time when you start to have arguments and that and then those those things that are more inside like sort of more deeper in you like will come out like how you handle um you know tough times you know how you react will come out so he didn't really know he had that in him you know what i mean i don't know if he's just propeller but you know i i I sort of see what he means like he sort of he hated himself in a way because you know he was doing what he hated at first and it was from the documentary yeah, he became it, and he was struggling to like deal with it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, because I, I, I didn't, I didn't do that, but I have stuff in me that I don't like, and it's hard to control. You know what I mean? That it just comes out at certain times, and it's, it's, it's something more to like manage. And yeah, it's like it's, it's an ongoing thing. It will be for life because some things are like really deep rooted. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to make an excuse for him. I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because he, boys. you know, if, if 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 a guy beats a girl, they've obviously been through something too, you know, for the guy to be, oh yeah, to, 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 he, they messed up as well, you know. Yeah, it's come back to that we talked about last week. Yeah, eh? like it's yeah, the yeah, cycle. Yeah. The cycle comes into yeah. play again. Eh? Like if you're, yeah, if you're a kid and you see your your dad beating up your mum, you know, there's mm. a chance you're gonna do the same when you're older. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's gotta stop that cycle. 
Stopet sa ku. Hit a bag, hit a bag. Love you right now. Hope you're all right. Yeah, man. Okay, boys, um overseas. We'll come to overseas and um Cardi B. She's she has she had a concert uh somewhere, I don't know where it was. I think it was in Las Vegas. But um she came on stage in a beautiful outfit, like always. She came on stage to perform. <laughs> and she walked to the front of the stage and someone in the crowd squirted a water bottle at her or threw a water bottle, but all the water came out and splashed on her. And then Kylie B reacted by throwing her microphone at that person. I think it was a woman too. The microphone hit that person, bounced bounced off her and hit the woman beside that person. And the security jumped in and had control of everything. But it's all an embarrassing uh, moment of, for um, for Kylie B. Um, unfortunately, the video doesn't show anything more, so we don't get to see if she performed or not. She probably did, but... Um, all these memes started showing up of that of what happened, and uh, apparently, so apparently, a woman came went to the police that night to lay a complaint and lay a charge on Kylie B for assault. Um, you guys got any thoughts on that? That whole thing? Yeah, just like our predictions about the ABs and what's going on in the like you know how we post this and then it's trending like the following week. She's gonna probably gonna get like either a lifetime to free concerts. Or she'll get like a big payout and it won't even end up in court. <laughs> That's what it'll just be nothing in the end. Yeah, it's just all so what do they call it? It's just clout. <laughs> I I watched the video and um had a little giggle and I thought like my first reaction was like, Yeah, good on you, you know. Cause um but depends on like my state of mind, like 'cause I probably would do the same thing at certain times. Like if you're a little bit frustrated or angry, you know, you would you would react that way. And then other times I might be like more chilled or in a better sort of state, you know what I mean? I would sort of brush it off. So I could see myself doing that then, but then also depending on my mood and you know, what's happened that day or recently, then, you know, other times I would sort of shake it off easily. So, I mean, yeah, kind of be, you know, it's just one of those reaction type of things. Hey, eh? like if someone slaps you in the back of the head, you're going to turn around like sort of, Hey, what, what's up? You yeah. know? So she just sort of threw the thing really quickly. Mm. Um, I don't know if she would do that again next time or yeah. That's streets, eh? That's what they call streets. Yeah, yeah. She just reacted, you know what I mean? Like you can see moment, that happen. In that moment, like, I'm Cardi B, this is where I'm at. And then all of a sudden you just what? You just Yeah. So I was sort of like, Yeah, while I you know, like that's that's what you get yeah. for but um, you know, and then other times you might be like, Ah, oh, he cares about this person, you know. So mm. either way. But it's I thought of them to go to the beach, though. <laughs> Kylie Bree's yeah. from the hood, man. And she's from the Bronx. And yeah. You're gonna I'm, react. I'm sure, I'm you're sure react. if you're if you're from the hood in the Bronx in New York City, that's like the Bronx over here in uh, Afton Place, man. Like, you know, you're from the hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. have some street smarts on you, man, when you react to that kind of thing. So Yeah. But you know, maybe she if she didn't react then maybe get the security guards on down there to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. But um but I'm gonna say that person, whoever if, if that person was intent was to get a reaction so they can actually go to the cops and get some, some money yeah. out of it. Man, that, like a troublemaker. <laughs> like a fucking troublemaker, man. Like, if you think about it, Cardi B, if any singer goes on stage, you are vulnerable. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, if you're a male, I see them throwing some panties on stage for Drake when he's on there. But what if it's yeah. like a rock or a stone when... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, what are you going to do if you're on stage? You got You can't defend yourself. You, you got nothing yeah. to protect yeah, yourself. 
You know, you got the securities there, but they can't react in time. Like when that happens, when that happens to her, I can honestly see her using the street smarts and throwing that microphone straight away. You know, yeah. that's what you have to do. And I think that girl that threw the the water bottle, she got she got hit by the microphone. And she deserved it, man. Please hmm. don't go around the concert yeah. and do that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, you see, like the Dave Chappelle thing. You know that guy. And then it's yeah, good that exactly. guy got a hiding, you know what I mean? Like to send out a message that <laughs> don't do that, don't do that shit. Hey, and then like, yeah. and then like uh, LeBron, you know, he handles it differently. Hey, when people attack him, he tells the security and that. So yeah. he usually stays pretty calm and he's like, "Hey, get this person out of yeah. here! I don't want to hear this crap." Or you know, mm. they they're being silly and stuff like that. So yeah. I think yeah, I think these people need to be um, made an example of. You know, you shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff. Hey. Yeah, man. If you if you were going to concert, just enjoy the concert. You know, if you don't if you don't like the person, don't go. Type of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't go. Don't mean to judge causing trouble and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If that if that lady got hit in the head, got a back eye out of that microphone, then then good job. Yeah, deserved it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, they just start stuff like Straight that up. for nothing. Straight up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> good take, boys. Good take. Yeah. All right. Um, coming down to our categories now. So, um, what's first? Shall we do? What shall we do? Shall we do? Um, your book of the week. So, I posted up. Uh, a few front runners. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> it's a few front runners, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I start off the one that's on my face right now. So. In the Herald, they posted up a story about, um, and the headline goes, Mum accidentally hires stripper for child's fifth birthday. So apparently the theme was was Barbie. Off the back of the Barbie movie that's out in the the theaters. It's doing great. Part of the Barbie and Heimer uh, phenomenon that's going on at the movies. But the the Barbie movie comes out and it looks like this mother's five-year-old child has a birthday party for friends from school with a Barbie sort of theme. Unknowing to her that the Barbie, um, uh, what do they call those people that come to the parties? Um, <laughs> like you can call like like Ronald they act like, you like you don't know. They act like you don't know, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> but she probably went in the phone book, saw saw saw, saw Barbie, and rang her up to come. And uh, apparently, it was a Barbie stripper rather than a Barbie um, character to play with the kids. So, a bit of a miscommunication, and probably a, a few bots by the by the mum. She's my Facebook of the week. What do you guys think of that's, that one? That's borderline. That's borderline. Like, are you sick? So apparently, the the stripper came and knew and found out and walked in and was like, "Oh, wait, there's just kids here." So she had to like <laughs> do her thing, but without being being naked. Obviously, the person has no awareness there because when someone rocks up like that, you sort of um, they walk and talk a certain way, and you should sort of be able to pick up on you know the vibe type of thing mm. the way they dress, the way they looked, and stuff like that. So, yeah, you should be able to pick up on that. Um, you know, what I mean, that person coming into your house, and you know, oh, <laughs> something doesn't feel right, you know, what I mean, you get a feeling like something's not right here, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, the red flag yeah. would have been the sound of the girls and the kids screaming, eh? Like, yeah. oh, they're the same girl. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, mean Barbie, the Barbie movie only came out last week, you know? You mean <laughs> tell me that a company had a theme, Barbie theme for, you know? You know, I'm sure Barbie 
means a whole lot of other things besides the actual Barbie doll. I think I think nah, I think it's true. If you type up Barbie in, in Google, it'll come with all, all the all this porn stuff. Rather than uh, the actual Barbie doll. Yeah. Mm. All those uh, fantasies, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen the the movie? No, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it. I haven't seen the movie. No, mm. no. <laughs> it's going crazy though. I hear. Yeah, apparently it's it. good. I heard it's good. Yeah, yeah, heard, same as me. I've heard. The yeah, same I heard thing. it because I, I I read into the background over there, and when they were making the movie, they knew that it's a bit cheesy. You know, making a movie about the uh, doll, but yeah. they understood that there there will be people that love the doll and there are people that hate the doll. They had to cater for both. Yeah. Man, funny story. Yeah. To, to do with Barbie, it's a little bit um, related. Like, we had some neighbors, and they, they're, like, old, pretty old. and then But they've been in the area for a while. But they moved out just to sort of downsize. But they had, like, these dolls that were, like, Barbie dolls, like the original ones. Because I've never seen them before. That was the first time I've seen them in real life. Mm. And they, they gave them to us because they're just downsizing. They, and all their grandkids are growing up. They are their own kids. Yeah. So it was, like, third generation, these um, <laughs> Barbie dolls. It was, like, full-on set, like, horses and everything. And so they, their kids used them and then their grandkids, but, you know, everyone grown up and moved on. So they gave them to us, you know, as they moved on. And then, like, they were, like, a perfect condition. Nice, say, nice, real, beautiful dolls. Like, they honestly, like, next level, the Barbie, the real Barbie ones. Anyway, like, give my kids a month and they're all ruined. day. <laughs> 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 like, the heads are pulled off and, yeah. oh, man, just, like, the clothes are mixed up and all this stuff. So, I'm like, I don't know what their kids and their grandkids were doing with them, but, yeah, our kids were, yeah, a bit wild, eh? So, apparently, there's but, a character in the movie that's representative of that Barbie that's been pulled apart. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, boys, um, getting to some funeral reviews. Uh, let's you got one, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you know, for the nephew's um 20th birthday last night, he was supposed to spend the, the weekend in Hamilton. He ended up doing those shock appearances and just drove up, surprised everyone. And to mother in law, shouted us um tea. So we went up to this place up in Westgate, it's called Slats, it's in the northwest, it's the northwest, it's the, the food um shops. Across from um, the Westgate um, Township, but in there it's quite nice. Eh? Like um, I think there's a Mexicali Fresh up there, or it might be Good Brothers. There's a Good Brothers up there, and there's a few. Um, there's a big like grass area, the, um, the um, fairy lights and all that stuff. But yeah, this place is just like a pool, pool and pub and resto place, but our uh, pricey. Like twenty five, thirty dollars, thirty five. But um, yeah. When when someone says, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> um, everyone got burgers and like tacos and all of that. But I just felt like mashed potato. Like I just saw in the mashed potato. I was like, oh man, they got a nice um, Canterbury lamb meal. It's like thirty four dollars. So I was the last one to get my meal. Everyone got their burgers and that, and the the, the um, the deep fries. Stuff like the calamari is good, um, but when the lamb came out, man, do you know how you can get your um, you can get your your lamb shared in that, and when you 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 cut it right, but these guys obviously present it like sushi, but it's already cut up, 
And then they have the pot of gravy that's obviously been smoked. Like, it obviously was smoked gravy that I just poured over the, the lamb and then had off the mash. The, um, I'd say it was the, oh, man, I can't remember the name of the vegetable. But I had, it had that and a few bits of, um, cauliflower. Cauliflower was a bit cold, but as I took the first bite, man, I've had many steaks and usually like I say are medium rare or well done. But man, this is probably the best steak that I've had in years, eh? Punching, punching pretty good, man. Like we walked in, it was a young crowd, pool tables, we were on we we're having dinner on a barley now. And when my meal came out, I like to see when I when I have my meal, I like to see the steam, like, you know, kind of station up on your glasses. And man, when I took the first bite, the cauliflower was like a bit cold. But then I had a, had the lamb with the mash, and the mashed potato was piping hot. I love food when it's real hot, eh? Because you get the full flavor. When I poured that smoke um, gravy over the top of it, it literally tastes like that dude was cooking it in front of me. But man, that thirty-four dollar meal out of five is about a fifteen. So, yeah, slats, man. Shout out to the kitchen. The kitchen looks small, but it looked like a two Asian couple. They were cooking most of the night. But man, the way that meal came out, bro, fuck, it was good, eh? Like, out of that one um, lamb steak, I probably got like maybe 13 pieces. So they're like 13 little square bits, you know, laid out. And you can see it was pink, but just that nice. adding of that gravy over the top, man, and that piping hot mash. Shaky, ah, man. I was like looking around, everyone was eating their burgers, and I'm like seeing me just have one bite, close my eyes, like, but that's. That's high five, man. Close, close, close. So I might do it tonight. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, <laughs> What's the name of this place? Slats. Right. So it's a pool place oh, yeah. up in um, North East. Yeah. Good, bro. Like, real good, eh? Like, we didn't wait long. Atmosphere was good because they had just finished playing the nipple. Nipple was on and that. And then, yeah, and I shared it on my, um, my story. Shared it on my Snapchat story. And, bro, I heard this. Was it Tizen and um, J King Bendova? I hadn't heard that song in years, so probably added to the vibe as well. So, yeah, just eating that meal, bro, like solid, eh? But yeah, good, good, good vibe up there. The food in years, you weren't waiting long and it was pretty busy up there. Mm. But now, nah, yeah, anyone's down to just get out and have a look at something. It felt like we were in town, man. That's what I honestly felt. But it was just a lot more safer, you know, being out west. Nice. Yes. Oh, Check that place up. That's a pretty good review. Got me um, convinced to go out there and check it out. What the, was it? Lamb, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the lamb of the salad. Um, yeah, it's called a Calibri. It's called a Calibri lamb meal. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as soon as I felt that the. Um, it came with a, like a Gamal little shot glass. It was like, you know, a gravy glass with a little. Mm. Once I sat that over the steak, then I just saw the steam come up and I smelt it. I was like, but that's smoke thing. And then I took a bite. I was like, "Shit, <laughs> that's a good lamb, man." Because it was quite, it was quite thick. It was about that thick, mm-hmm. but the way it was cut, it was cut nicely. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Fuck, that's with that mash, bro. That's a solid combo." Oh, nice. Yeah, make sure you go up and have a look. Sick, yeah. Sweet boys. All right. Um, <clears throat> just looking at the time. So, what do you guys want to talk about now? Because I'm just thinking. There's there's um other videos up on the the posters, the fear pokos. I posted it as kids can only act like act what they see. Have you seen that? I'll talk about that one. I can play the audio. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll play the audio for it. Yeah. 
So what it is is two brothers, they're playing in their little go-kart in the street. And it's just seeing the the brother who's not inside the go-kart respond to his little brother. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, how old that kid? That kid must look like only four years old or something. But it was it was probably like um, trending like two weeks ago. But I thought to myself... If you watch that, man, and you're a parent, right? I told her that, bro, your mom's savage. <laughs> because your kids your kids only mimic what they see inside the house, right? So however the mom talks to their dad, oh you whoa. <laughs> 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 I, slap you. I just cry out because these are two little boys. They only look like they're yeah. no older than five. Mm. But it's the facials as well, man. He's got a little afro, and he's like, yeah. he's like that's his little brother, man. I'm like, oh, well, that is, <laughs> that is like, man, be careful how you talk in front of your cousin, man. They just take that up and just reenact that out one day. But I cracked up when I saw that, man. Hmm. Nah, that was good. That was good. Um, now it's funny because uh, recently, because like to my kids, I usually get like, what did I say? What did I say when they get <laughs> when I say, oh. Like we're gonna do this and that, and then after you, you know, clean up, and then oh, okay, they, can we do this? Like, what did I say? What did? I, and then like one day, I um, you know, I hear my older daughter telling the younger one, like, what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, oh no, <laughs> what did I say? Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, you're right. that that video is 100 percent right, man. They pick up everything that we do. Yeah, so. Uh, that was funny as. That was funny as. Sweet boys. Um, do you guys want to touch on some some of the sport that happened this weekend? So, the All Blacks beat the Wallabies again. Um, and oh, I want to say more announced their, game, their squad for the World Cup. Mm. Um, did you guys watch the All Blacks game? <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, it was yeah, an early yeah. game, eh? It was a two thirty game. Dunedin. I thought. Mm. I thought Australia came out to play. Um, interesting move. With um the starting forward pack, but I thought again, man, they are listening to the pods, bro, because the bench <laughs> came on and delivered a game, and like that's what I mean. Like, can you play against a team like that? I think Australia didn't change much of their team apart from their front row, and I think yeah. we started it in the inside backs. But again, when the bench came on for the All Blacks, that was pretty much the the, the fine moment of the game, Monga kicking that last penalty, but um. They have tied it up around the ruck. It wasn't like the two three-man blocker ruck. So they've just gone to just playing the ball or popping it off the ground, playing the quick ball. Um, it's different seeing um, no Aaron Smith. It is a different dynamic with the um, other halves. But I feel sorry for whoever misses out on the um, All Black squad for the World Cup. I mean, they're going to name that on Tuesday. And I reckon there'll be some surprise miss-outs this tournament. I'm going to name one and I... I'm going to be gullible if you don't get picked. But I don't think Caleb Clark will get a World Cup spot. Um, on the back of the way Mark Talia played last week, Fainanuku was playing last night. And I reckon Barrett would have to cover 10. McKenzie might cover fullback. 
and Will Jordan will start at fullback. But those are my predictions. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you because it's unfortunate. I think Clayton Clark would miss out because he's a specialist winger and I think they won't take two specialist wingers with them. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, Vanga Nuku can, can cover centre as well. you got Will Jordan can do wing and fullback. And mm. Mark Talia is pretty much your only specialist winger you got out there. He's the only reason why I watched Last Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the, um, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I thought the All Blacks, because they wrapped up the Bledisloe uh, last week, they, um, you know, they wanted to see some, like, other guys play. And before they, yeah, they select their team, give everyone a run. I don't know if they, if, if they lost, if they would have done, like, the same as the Aussies and just sort of played their, what they thought was their strongest team. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure, but... um. I thought it was a good option, giving everyone a run. You know, things were wrapped up, and you know, one more final look because you know the World Cup is the main thing. Um, mm. So yeah, it was good to give some guys a run and see how they handle pressure, and you know, in a, at an international level. So I thought it was good for them to come away with a win. You know, after making so many changes, so I, I thought it was good for the All Blacks um, after having like quite a, quite a lot of different players in there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Aussies, you know, playing the same team almost. Um, you know, they obviously got they they're not they're trying to go with one team, which yeah. So I, I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Big test for All Blacks next. Yeah, it's amazing food, game. Big test for All Blacks next game when they face South Africa over there in South Africa. And I think South Africa having the a game under their belt. They just beat Argentina, I think. Mm. I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. They'll definitely put their full strength team against the All Blacks at home. And we know the All Blacks always struggle over there in South Africa. So that'll be a, a good yeah, test. Yeah. I think it might be the actual truest test before their first game, the World Cup against France. Hmm. Yeah. I, I hope the, um, the All Blacks, you know, just pick their team and then pretty much keep the same team throughout unless there's like an injury or something like that because just to build the chemistry mm-hmm. and connection. You know, you watch all the, like the rugby, whether it's NPC or the local, you know, there's not really many changes each week. Generally, you know, like you got to build the combinations, and uh, that's what I believe anyway. Not chopping and changing too much, unless yeah, unless someone gets injured or something like that. Um, just keep the same, whatever your best fifteen is and your best bench, mm-hmm. and then try to build that as best you can. Yeah, but we'll have, see. Have we watched enough football to pick a starting fifteen? You reckon if we were to name our own fifteens for the next episode? I reckon starting fifteen is the. Team they played last week against the Wallabies, the first game, the first game against. Yeah, Rome. yeah, I think. First team. I thought that as well. Yeah, I thought this week was more. Let's see, see certain players in certain positions mm-hmm. and and see how they go and see how combos are. Yeah, I thought last week was their main team. It's um, mm. maybe ninety percent. And saying that, and saying that, yeah, Caleb Clark did play in that team on the bench, so maybe you might get in for that reason. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe they take two specialist well, wingers. The Nepal Alara thing, man, like, I don't know, bro, but I, I just have to watch him, mate. Like, I'm seeing if he's doing enough to submit a starting spot. I think after, yeah, seeing that team last weekend, he came off the bench. I don't think he is a a starting player or whether he has as much um to offer coming off the bench because he was getting caught a lot. I think he got caught a lot with the ball standing flat. And he just, like, either he's Lelavar trying to, you know, either he should be in front of the ball or behind the ball. And I think I found him, like, man, he, he gave away a penalty as well. And I just thought, bro, I don't know how that 
whoever picks the forward pack is going to pick a prop like that at the moment, especially for a team who was struggling at the Super Rugby level, and they were folding to the team that played last week. So that starting front row was pretty much the Canterbury guys against him. So I might, we might see the, him get axed for the World Cup, I reckon, possibly. You're, you reckon Nipple will get cut? Yeah, Nipple might get cut. Because I've been watching a lot of NPC as well at the moment. I think, yeah, man, yeah. someone of the NPC is next level, bro. I love that. That like to me, it's like state of origin of rugby in Auckland, um, mm. just in the provinces, and even the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. NBC yeah, is another good. level, another yeah. level than Super Rugby, better than Super Rugby actually. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the entertainment factor and just uh, even just running it inside your own five, like that sort of shit, you know. Um, also, and the guys are like more proud of where they came from, you know. Like some of the guys, it's been their dream to make their local team and. Mm. You know, so there's a lot of passion involved. You know, they're proud of where they're from and that, like the majority of players outside of the, the recruits that they get. You know, the guys that are local guys, man, you know, they love it and all their families and community come out. So, yeah, there's a different vibe. I reckon it's pretty cool. It was the counties and um, Naki game that I watched, and I thought to myself, bro, that is like, you know, Hoskins is playing eight for counties and he's quite tall, yeah. but he looked tiny. Yeah. Compared to the Taranaki front uh, front row and Lucy's, he got yeah. lost in the lineup and he got lost at scrum time as well. So it was pretty cool to see a guy who's played at the top level getting flustered around, you know, there's just the height and the size factor from the Taranaki guys. And in yeah. the end, they, they pulled away with the game. But yeah, they just had a... I think there might be some up-and-coming talent from that forward pack that can be overlooked. Yeah but should be considered for the World Cup if they need um, mm. Trisha's locks and Lucy's. Yeah. This is going off one game. <laughs> <laughs> um, another news, uh, Manu Samoa just announced their squad for the World Cup. Um, Charlie Fahmunah in there. Lima Saponga, he's in there. Jordan Tafua. Uh, ben Lamb's in there. He, he didn't make the all say, but he played New Zealand reps. I think, um, I haven't followed it too closely, to be honest, but I really like Lima Saponga, like, I think it'd be gone because, you know, all the island teams always have, like, great runners. They're powerful. They can hit and all that. But just having, like, playmakers, it's always been, like, a tough thing. And having Lima being so proven, like, um, you know, club level and then playing all blacks and stuff like that, I think it'd be awesome. And he's still, like, at a good age, you know, like, he's not washed up. Like, I think it'd be – hopefully he doesn't get hurt or anything and he can play the whole tournament. I think it'll be pretty key, you know, just – they always need, like, that guiding, you know, halfback and first five type of thing. Like, any, you know, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, like, it's always – for me, I see it as they always need, like, these playmakers because everyone can run the ball really well and, you know, strong, good good footwork and just guys to lead. And I feel like he's got a lot of good experience and – you know, he's been in the system and stuff like that. I think it'll be good. I know Israel Falau got injured and he had to stay in Australia. He didn't make the game against Samoa yesterday. So hopefully it's not too bad and he can make the World Cup. But I think, um, yeah, I, I think league and rugby, uh, like when you watch all the island teams, they just need halves, eh? Uh, for my opinion, like when you watch Tonga and Samoa yeah. and stuff, like you, they just need guys to guide the boys mm-hmm. around. Um, and I think if they can have halves, then you'll do pretty well usually. Because MMT, they, they were pretty weak there, eh, in the halves, eh? Yeah, that's what I was sort of lacking. I think before they had Lola Hair, I can't remember who the other mm. half was, but you know, the Lola Hair is pretty solid. And yeah, I think I think Harvey was a hooker, maybe. Um, but yeah, you need need some good halves. All right, boys, uh, down to the final. Let's do some last words. Who wants to go first? 
Josh, some last words? <laughs> what's some uh, last words? What's, what's been happening? I guess that's just on my mind. I guess um, with my mum's birthday, you just yeah, make sure you, I guess maybe the last three or four years, prioritizing, I guess, you know, whatever your loved ones are and uh, your purpose and that type of thing. Just sort of narrowing things down, I guess that's where I'm at at the moment. Uh, you know, my faith, my family, and that type of thing. Um, yeah, so just make make the effort to hang out with uh, whoever it is, your grandparents or your mom and dad or cousins. And, um, but, you know, also, yeah, there's a, like keeping things in priority. That's what I'm trying to, trying to focus on, you know, my wife. And as I was saying earlier in the episode, like before I'll be sort of putting my own pursuits first and now I'm, you know, I've switched that to switch that around. Um, so some of the things are not bad, but they're just maybe too much time into like, yeah, too much time and effort. Whereas that should be maybe a bit lower on the, the priority list. You know, we only have a certain amount of time, energy and resources. So just make sure, you know, you're reflecting on where those things are going. And it's a constant thing for me because it's it's easy for me to get distracted by the shiny object and try to chase things, and which are not bad things, but just trying to keep the first things first and then sort of work your way down. So that's, that's what's been on my my heart and mind uh, lately. Thank us. Um, yeah, shout outs to to your lady man. I mean, that's a that's a big feat celebrating milestones like that. And it's, a, it's important to celebrate little wins. I just wanted to make a little shout-out to my doctor, Mickey. Um, I know him and, him and his wife have been going hard. They're um, going on a boat cruise on Tuesday. They've been training up at their gym out in um, Glen Eden. I, don't even, I didn't even want to plug them, but they had an in-house um, couples weight loss challenge, and they ended up winning it. So that's on the back of him doing some long hours. So congratulations to him and his wife, Gailing. And... Um, yeah, I like to always sort of like preach life. I think it's important. Um, it's and it's and it's good to hear you on here, cause talk about like just the stuff that you experience and stuff. And um, I just wanted to touch on something that um, the real BDFS said last week, and it was like giving flowers to those that are around so they can smell them instead of showing up at their funeral and giving them. And like I was gonna say, bro, I'm always gonna say thanks to Cam's for providing a platform and the space and the work you do for the Whispers Network because you're you deserving of those clauses. No matter um, no matter what many people might say, it's easy to talk and just, just do the yeah, fake color and then chuck your lima singer here and there. But it's different when you action it. Also. And I've seen the work you've been posting all week and just seeing all the um, the reels go up. So mad, mad love to you also and mad respect to you. And um, yeah, I just wanted to read something and... It's one of those things I've picked up my old phone and now I'm going to start uploading stuff to YouTube as a memory. And that's on the back of watching uh, Rona and her cooking channel. But I've picked up my old phone and I've managed to flick some posts that I've been inspired by in the past and it's called, and the post is called Loyalty. So some people are loyal to you. They're loyal to their need of you. But once their needs change, so does their loyalty. So I'd like to think if I passed away, and my kids would know what that meant. And I know my kids know what loyalty is. So I'm forever grateful for the platform, Wolfson. 
I appreciate just being able to sit here and conversate with you and share perspective of Pacifica West Auckland to the world. And I think Cairns is the is the big dog, and you should be acknowledged as the big dog also. And, and I appreciate just to be on on the segment, man. Like it's come a long way when we emptied out the clip was being online to so then being in the studio. But yeah, I just I'm just proud to to sit across and just yeah, just share the window with you, especially with you, Yash. You the West Auckland CrossFit hero, bro. You you bought that out West, and I'm always gonna keep saying that, bro. Said so, nah, you know what it is, man. Thanks, let's thanks, Yash, man. Nah, it's been great, eh? And you know, shout out to all the, all the listeners that makes us come every week to to talk to you guys. <laughs> I think that's the main thing. We'll be talking to ourselves, nah. But uh, yeah, man, nah. Just stay tuning in to the Westwood Network. We we'll always bring out some more content and. Yeah, you're right. Let's. I have been going hard with the reels this week. <laughs> I, mean, I've, I think I've got this um, technique now on the on software where it allows me to to get things recorded faster, so I can put things up. Oh, we put more things up. Yo. So I'm just playing around with that sort of thing right now. So hopefully I can get more content out on a daily basis now with this new system I got. So I'm excited about that. Oh, nice. So yeah, man, just tune in. I know there's gonna be a one for five back on five episode coming out. Tonight, um, with myself and and Ave having a yarn for an hour and a half, two hours. <laughs> That'd be funny. And uh, I'll bring out another Backlog Five released on Thursday, which would be with my talk with the guys from Crescendo in Evandale. Um, yep. And next week there'll be more Backlog Five episodes. I've got I've got episodes in the box already. I haven't I haven't released yet. So I've got about four episodes. Four or five, hmm. so those yeah. to come out. Also got some. We also have some late returns film reviews to come out. One will come out this week. Uh, me and Eric will talk about the movie Total Recall, and then after that, I think will be Once the Warriors with me, Let's and Sully. Oh man! Yeah, that will come out after that. So yeah, man, and also the boys will be back on the counter rock talking rugby union. And and Tana and Simon will be back during the week to talk some in a row with the one three five footy show. So that's us. Yeah, to these guys. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> you guys, if you want to jump on, just give me a holiday now. I'll put you guys on. But now, nah, man, um, just like every week, man. Thanks, Yash. Thanks, Let's for showing up and uh and talking some smack on uh, MC at the clip. Appreciate you guys always. You know, we'll do it again next week. To our listeners, thank you, and for everybody out there, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Luis. See you, Luis. Thank you. Thank you.